What's up, everybody? It's me, Jay Caps. I think this might be the 20th episode or the 21st episode. Maybe the 19th episode. Maybe the 22nd episode. I don't know. Have I don't have a good way of counting them. The only time I have to put the number in is when I upload it to the the my website, and then it goes on to iTunes. Just a little backstory in case you ever wanted to make your own podcast. You got to upload it to somewhere, and they ask you a bunch of questions for the metadata, and then it goes out to you guys. So that's my little tutorial on making a podcast. But suffice to say, it's probably the 21st episode, I'm going to guess, but it might be the 22nd episode, but it's definitely not the 20th episode. But then again, who the fuck knows? Anyway, welcome to The World According to Jcaps. So great to be here. So great to be doing a podcast, talking to all you guys. Just a little on my end. I've been, this is, it's, it's ten, almost 10 o'clock. I've been up since 6 a.m. Uh, I have this crazy new schedule where I, it's the first three days of the week, I get up, ask crack of dawn, and go uh, to a special needs school where I teach art. And then I drive across Long Island and then I go teach art to not special needs kids, but sometimes it's like, is there really a difference? I'm not sure. I think, I don't know. I feel like maybe everybody in the world is special needs now. It's possible. I think that I, I'm special needs and I've just been cleverly hiding in plain sight the whole entire time. Um, but anyway, yeah. So, and then I, and then I come back here and then at least on Monday, I, uh, we'll record this podcast after it's all said and done, after the whole entire day has has been um, put into the record books. Do your days go into record books? Do your days go into diary books? Do you Do you have a calendar that you cross off each day, and that calendar has various things that you wanted to do that day or hope to do, and then as you do them, you cross them out, and then when the day is over, you cross the entire day out? Do you keep a calendar? By the way, throughout this podcast, I have been asking questions into the void, and it's really your responsibility to respond. I, uh, Whenever I feel that I am not getting a response from the audience, I question the whole purpose of doing anything. Um, so please definitely tell me about your calendar habits, whether by uh, DMing me or I don't really know how, but that's on you. You have to figure out a way of communicating with me. I think on iTunes there's like a there's a comment section. I don't know. I don't know how it all works, but just know that just know that there is a barrier between us and I'm expecting a response from all of my questions. So, but the day today for me is already in the record books. Like right before this day was pretty much going good, I would say, and then right before this I so it's, it was too late. So when I got out of my other teaching job, then like I had to drive, drive back across the island. And it's too late for me to go home and cook dinner myself. So I decided to, to get takeout. And I was going to go to this place called Sakan Bento in Lindenhurst. Shout out Sakan Bento. It's not really like an amazing place. It's basically like a place where you can get a bento box for... Not even a bent, yeah, like a bento box for $12. Is that a good, I feel like that's a very good deal, but it was closed. So then my second choice would be go, to go to this other place, which is a Thai restaurant. And I don't know the name of it, but I just know that it's a Thai restaurant in Lindenhurst. 
they were closed too. So I had to go to this place called, um, what the hell? It's like the menu's on the floor. My apartment is such a fucking mess. It's so, it's a real snapshot of my mind. If you ever went to my own Instagram, there's an Instagram, uh, there's a reel on my uh, Jonathan Y'all um, account where I took my camera and I like panned it across my apartment when it was really, really messy. Um, and then I overlaid the song Fun With Hatchets by The Fellow Project, which is a Long Island band. And I, and I overlaid them. Uh, and that my apartment is almost as messy as it was in that video. So, you know, if you like really fo- if you're really following along, you can find out. But otherwise, I just want you to imagine a messy apartment, a messy too small to live in apartment and um oh yeah, and then the name of the the sushi restaurant that I went to is hold on is Kabuki. So if you're ever in Lindenhurst and are looking for like um a a, a couple of uh Asian themed restaurants to go to, I recommend uh in order, I'll recommend um Kabuki probably number one. It's more expensive. And then Sakan Bento and the Thai place is a tie they're tied. They're tied. Anyway, what was I getting to in telling you all that? Well, I did order takeout and it was good, and I was like very satisfied. And I also made I guess I'm like doing ads because I also made green tea with um to have with my dinner. I, I made green tea. I made uh uh hoji cha green tea. If y'all if y'all have been uh grading animals fans from the jump, you know about me and teas. In fact, teas were a real theme of the pandemic, of pandemic caps. But anyway, I was getting to something about putting your day in the record books. This day was going pretty good in the record books up until I finished my dinner and then I like put everything in the paper bag to throw out and I was crunching the uh like the bag smaller and all of a sudden a bunch of soy sauce and the other sauce spilled onto my shoes onto my brand new shoes <clears throat> Exactly you know what? That like made the day from going for my day was almost going to have like a that in the record books. But then my day immediately went to having in the record books. I got so mad that because I had just bought these shoes. I just got a haircut and I just bought these shoes. And the reason I bought these shoes was, yes, next week I will be in Los Angeles for the Sterable Festival. and. Yes, there are. there is a possibility of good things, bigger good things that could happen. So if you guys are, if you guys are people who like believe in mystical, magical thinking, I want you all to like pray, uh, light a candle, shrine, may put a shrine out, um, make a sacrifice, uh, like, I don't know, do some like Wiccan shit where you like mix your period blood with like some ashes and whatever, do a spell. I want everybody to use all of their magical powers to help guide grading animals into like a positive, successful realm in like an astrological theme, right? 
because um, that's cause so so I'm trying to also do my put my best foot forward, put my best feet forward by putting my best feet inside of some brand new shoes so I don't look ridiculous. So I don't look, um, you know, like I like I want to look like I um, like I'm worthy of of uh, I don't know, whatever whatever good things could be bestowed on me if um if the stars align. But anyway, so I got so mad, I had soy sauce and whatever sauce, that other sauce that you that you dip the um what is that stuff when they when they fry vegetables in that batter and then you dip it in a different sauce, but it's not soy sauce. Both of those sauces went on my new leather shoes and I got so mad. And then I had to get my sponge and wipe my shoes off and like I wasn't sure. And then I was smelling my shoes to see if it still smelled like soy sauce. And then the rest of my apartment smelled like soy sauce because it was all over the floors. And my apartment's a mess already. So, like, I have to, like, kick other shit away to pick up all the goddamn... Thank- Thankfully, I don't have a rug. That would be the worst. I would probably I would probably have gone two months ago J-Cap style and literally killed myself if the if I had a rug and soy sauce and the other sauce was all over it and my shoes. Just think about that. Think about if you have a rug and you dump a bunch of soy sauce on your brand new shoes that you just bought and it also got on the rug, the whole thing smells and your room's a mess. That, I mean, that's, that's, anyway, that's the kind of thing that makes a day go in, go in like a, like that in the record books. But anyway, here I am. Here I am. Uh, I'm not, I did not, I'm not gonna succumb to that, uh, to that negative thinking. Remember when I was, um, remember when I was doing the podcast like two months ago and I was so depressed that I had to keep starting the show over and over again? That was the worst, dude. That was like, you guys, whoever's been listening has been privy to some of the most um, bonkers cap. I mean, I will be honest and say that I have never been so publicly bonkers in my lifetime, I feel like oh, I feel very embarrassed by how uh, vulnerably, ridiculously bonkers I have been, and how the audience, whoever listens to the show, has a front row seat to that. Um, but you know, I can assure you that it's all uh, genuine. But I mean, even if something is genuine, is it um, is it interesting? Just despite that. I don't know. I don't know. But one thing is for sure. I'm not going to restart this episode because I don't have time for that. I, I have to get through this episode and then like the clock is ticking. I have to get to bed by midnight so I can get my five and a half hours of sleep and then do it all again for the next two days. And then, well, I have off on Friday. School is My school is closed on Friday. Um I'm going to get into I, a lot of people gave suggestions today, but I do want to also, since we're on the topic of being vulnerable, um, so I want to talk about this trip that I'm going to LA and the and some of the things that have been going on. So um, part of the part of the festival, not only like like I am, you know, listen, fingers crossed, I'll win best writer, whatever. Even I'm happy to be nominated, but I'm also I signed up to be in this pitch competition where I'm going to be pitching uh, mares and caps. And so in the background, Marianne, uh, Jim, and I, 
Jim Mercurio is part of our team. Uh, we've been trying to craft um, a great pitch, a 90-second elevator pitch for Mares and Caps. And, um, you know, as of now, I don't, it's not done yet. And um, I'm kind of like, okay, I'm a little bit, I mean, it's kind of done, but it's not done in a way where I'm like able to say it or like I know all the parts of it. And that's a little anxiety inducing. Um, And I have to, I've been trying to get my whole, um, my whole thinking around, around um, grading animals, like how I would, like how would I expand the show? How would if I had the opportunity to to um produce it or like have it like made in a bigger like or just produced or anything like that? Like how would I um what would I what would I do? And like it's been making me think um it's been making me a little bit equally like off my like footing because it's like okay well push comes to shove like what do you want out of this thing you guys know that i've been under a lot of weird turmoil around it in the last few months but d- despite that you know it's a thing that i spent you know almost 3 years of my life uh creating and um i i definitely have like a lot of in time invested into it <clears throat> so i don't know this um I also feel like, you know, I'm working the two jobs and I don't like really almost have time to like totally think. So this event horizon is coming up and um I don't know, I'm like I guess yeah, I guess like I'm I'm a little bit nervous, but I'm also like if there's one thing that I did do during the pandemic uh over the last 2 years, it's uh spend an exorbitant amount of time working on grading animals so i feel like inside me i know the thing front to back i mean i know all the different parts all the different like nuances of it um and you know i guess like i'll be able to talk about that with people who um who might be interested in in uh in helping it helping it uh grow into something else but anyway that's that's um i'm gonna say i'm gonna say you know you 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 sometimes take a detour to be to open yourself up and a lot of people say that's a good thing and you should open yourself up and be vulnerable and stuff but i'm realistic and i know that if you do that people are just to be like i don't care I don't care about what you're experiencing. I only care about what I'm experiencing. Um, and maybe that's the great revelation of the internet. Like, in the before the internet, we had our own thoughts, and we wanted to think our own things, and we didn't want to. Um, uh, and we would, and we would, but now we don't know what we think, so we seek out something to think on the internet. It's the difference between algorithm. And like independent media or independent um like or maybe not, or maybe or maybe the internet is just uh the end result of like like a like a distillation of a type of human behavior that's dominant. 
I don't know. Also, also a stupid riff that like didn't go anywhere. Let's get to the questions that I got this week. Hell yes. I got a lot of nice questions and let's get into them. Uh, Hunter M. Holland asks, also shout out Hunter M. Holland, uh, longtime friend of the show. I think he is out of, I think Hunter M. Holland and all these guys are out of um, South North Carolina or South Carolina. I know, maybe North Carolina. I know that Grading Animals has some um, OG represents fans representation of fans in South Carolina. I think, I think Hunter M. Holland is part of this little cabal of Grading Animals fans. But he asks, snails in medieval paintings. So, guys, did you know about this shit? Did you know that? Um, did you know that in medieval paintings, snails, and not only just snails, but warriors fighting snails is a common theme that occurs all the way going back 1100s, 1200s, illuminated manuscripts at the beginning of Christianity. What could it mean? The snails, the spiral, a spiral, a symbol, that is found across everywhere. A, sp- a, s- a symbol that is made in nature. When a fern is coming out of the, of uh, it's just about to bloom, it's in a spiral. When, a, when there's a, a whirlpool or um, there's a tornado, it's in a spiral. And um, what could it mean? What could all this, what could um, the, the medieval guys, you know, a guy who's in, who has like, uh, um, chain mail armor and he's got a broadsword and he's got like his broadsword has plus 21 hit points and uh, he rolls a 21 sided die to find out if he can hit the snail on its shell and the dungeon master goes nah the dungeon master goes nah nah son you missed the snail roll for getting slimed by the snail right why? But why was the snails? Why are there snails? What are is are the snails a metaphor? Are the snails a metaphor for gushy pussy, like a like really like wet pussy? But the shell of the um of the medieval of the medieval snail is like um, it's like that is the barrier, like the barrier, like you know to get and then and it's like maybe you know this is like patriarchy right this is what people would say nowadays it's like why reduce why reduce um you know the pursuit of sex to just fighting a snail i mean that's that could be what it's about um i think that the snails also could represent maybe just escargot i think that a lot of times you know we didn't like we live in a computer age where we get the information highway. You know what I mean? Like things like there's not a 15 seconds that go by that you don't um, go to check your email phone right now. You're probably tuning out of this podcast to check your phone, like to say, Oh, this is, where is this going? Let me go see if somebody is, in, is, is interested in me. Um, but you know what? It wasn't like that. In fact, people talk about how a generation ago we lived at a slower pace, right? Back in the 80s, there was only like, you know, 
Channel 20, Long Island Channel 21, 29 was MTV. And they you know what they played? Music on MTV. And now MTV, like, nobody even knows what it is anymore. Um, they, they used to say nobody plays music on MTV anymore. But now it's like, who the hell even even has any association with MTV? And then you go, like, let's say 50 years back before then, 1930s, it's Dust Bowl, right? They just had, people just had radio. They didn't even have um tvs mostly you know you go back before that like back into like um like let's say the victorian era right and then you know what people used to do used to read books and go to prostitutes all the time right and they and if they saw the way we check our phones they'd be like you're living at such a fast pace and that my theory is that back in the medieval days they lived at a snail's pace right and snails, because they move so slow, represented the passage of time. And the cross, Christianity, represents life in the field of time crossed with eternity. Whereas Jesus is, he's alive, then he's dead. But on the cross is eternal life. So maybe when you smash a snail, you're smashing a snail for Christianity itself, for God. It's eternal. So you stop the, the passage of time by stomping, by slicing a snail in half. And in that slice, you slice the snail in a cross, right? Like in a T, right? And that represents eternity, the moment that lives forever. See, eternity, just to... just it's like it's like that is like eternity is like the feeling you get like ejaculation like that that um momentary bliss you can't live in uh an eternal moment forever it's 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 a it but it could it could be everlasting like you know uh let like i would say ejaculation or to a lesser extent looking in your child's eyes for the first time when they're born. These are things that are eternal, right? So, Hunter M. Holland, I think that we have a few theories that I think are all serviceable uh, as to why there are snails in medieval paintings. And I'm just going to say that that is a good start to this episode. Let's move on to... Um. Oh, let's move on to another great friend of the show. Actually, applause for uh, cats are superior to you. Great friend of the show who a- who asks um, how evil dolphins are. So I don't know if you guys are aware of this. Maybe I hope you are aware of this, but it's long been known that dolphins are absolute pieces of shit um not just to each other but to every other animal in the ocean but especially to each other um dolphins are they are really like if you ever wanted to say like you should stop doing child abuse like people a lot of times especially in our society they've pretty much come down on child abuse and i would say that people feel that child abuse is actually a bad thing that it's not good to beat the living shit out of a kid. 
especially if that kid's your child. Now, I can understand when like you are walking on the street and you see a kid that's really annoying, right? You see like somebody else and the parent is doing nothing like the parent is obviously, you know, they've they're over it. You know when people are over it, they like say like they're like I'm o-, like I I can't. They they'll be like I can't even with this kid, right? And you might be walking by and you just like would like to like you know, it's like would you rather like would you rather go to that kid and tell him to sit down and go back to school, right? Or would you rather take that kid and swing him around your head like a potato sack and then throw him into oncoming traffic, right? Like almost doing like an Olympic hammer toss, right? Right? But that you but first of all, that would be it's not allowed. Our society, we've we've come so far as a society. Listen, back in the medieval days when they were chopping snails in half, you could do that. You you could pretty much, if you saw a kid that was annoying you, you could just hammer toss him into oncoming traffic. And of course, on, oncoming traffic would be like a road full of snails. But um, nowadays, not allowed. And even you're not allowed to do it to children that, that are your own. You can't do it to your own children. That's absolutely not allowed. But conversely, dolphins... They're nonstop wailing on their children. In fact, dolphins related to whales. So it like comes almost with the, that's where the word whale comes from. The word whale is based on a behavior that's uh, endemic to whales, which is wailing the shit out of their children all the time. Like, do you ever wonder why it is that killer whales constantly will separate a mom from her baby, like a, 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 a killer whales will find a gray whale mom and with a baby, and then they will just bite the lip. They will suffocate the baby to death and bite the lip off of it and then just leave it to die. Why do you think that is? You think that you think that the killer. I mean, the killer whales did that because they're evil psychopaths, but you don't think that the um, the the mom gray whale was just trying to put the little baby whale on punishment and it went a little too far? You don't think that she swam into, um, you know, the killer whale infested waters where she knew she would fuck around and find out and you knew that would happen? Listen, I'll tell you something about dolphins. Dolphins, they're constantly fucking up, fucking with their kids and um, it's not nice, but that's because it's the world, the law of the jungle. So the jungle, the law of the kelp jungle also. So, yeah, dolphins are pretty evil. Um, and then not to mention, dolphins are also mean to all the other animals. Um, they're mean to fishes by eating them. You know, but fishes, you know, it's not, it's not that they, it's not that it's mean that they eat them, but they eat them in a sneaky way. Like a lot of times, did you guys know about that they do the bubble wall? Now that doesn't bubble wall that doesn't sound doesn't sound too bad. Like bubble wall sounds like something I'd like to go into. Bubble wall reminds me of like going like being at a nice hotel and getting uh like going in the the jacuzzi and there'll be like a bubble wall and it'll get in my uh bathing suit and it'll puff my it'll puff the ball region, the crotch region of my 
bathing suit out. So then I look like I have a butt on the front of my bathing suit. Did that ever happen to you? But it does feel good to get a bubble wall going up the front part of your uh, bathing suit. I've been told that getting a bubble wall up the front part of your bathing suit is equivalent to masturbation for women because all they need is like bubbles going into their uh, pussel region. And then that is like, you know, that's enough to, to at least uh, get the motor running. But, you know, you can't just sh- you can't just shoot uh, um, like water at your dick to masturbate. Dicks require like more like manual you have to you have to you know do more to to masturbate a peen rather than uh, a vagina but where where was i talking about dolphins right so the bubble wall so what the bubble wall is for dolphins so for so for humans bubble wall means bubbles going near your crotch but for dolphins bubble wall means you put bubbles underneath fish and the bubbles go up into their their gills and I don't know if they're I don't know if the fish get masturbated, but they de- they definitely get all confused, and then the then the fi- then the dolphins can eat them. Now, that's like not that mean, but the bubbles, the bubbles that they send under them are filled with racial slurs that are in the dolphin language that the fish can understand. So, all right, cool. So listen, you win some, you lose some on this in this uh, show. So let's move on to uh solely solely mcuab solely if you do listen to the show because solely is a, a fan of friend of the show fan of the show uh but you know i do not know if how to pronounce your screen name but i will read it out in case you want to give this kid a follow because he is an up-and-coming photographer who i would definitely recommend i would definitely hire him for something and then whether it goes good or not, like I feel like I I helped the homie out, but his name is Soli S O L Y, and then E M W. How do you pronounce that? Emu, Emwick, E M W I C U W A B. I mean, what the fuck is that supposed to even sound like? I think that his name is Soli, and then he just smashed his fingers into the keyboard to make the rest of his screen name, which is. I mean, respect. Let's see if it sounds like anything backwards. B A W Bow B A W U Woo No, it's it's front to back a completely unpronounceable word, which I really think is cool. But Soli says, I don't know if you have, but what about your time as a photographer? So Soli, I've never talked about my entire career as a photographer on this uh, on this podcast yet, but um, I know Soli's a, a young buck. When I was a young buck, like 16, 17, my first uh, like steady job I had was being a photographer's assistant for weddings. So every weekend, like three, like sat, like two on Saturday, one on Sunday often. So like three jobs or sometimes Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I would go to weddings and I would be basically a lighting and film. I would be, my the, the photographer I worked for, he didn't call me a wedding photographer's assistant. He called me a film fuck. And he would be like, 
so in the in the in back in those days he shot on a Hasselblad which is a medium format camera and the back of the camera came off and you could reload it so you just have like camera backs in your pocket and you just reload them and I would be the film fuck and he would be like film fuck where are you and I would run over and I would give him another uh camera back with a with a film loaded in it and I would keep him loaded the whole time and also be holding a secondary flash that was connected to the first flash with a slave, um, which a slave not being um, something, a horrible thing from American history, but actually an electronic radio signal that sets the two flashes off at the same time. And for some reason, the photography industry called it a slave, which is a racial slur in similar to what a dolphin would call a fish, which is not nice. But, Regardless, they called them slaves, and I would I would be holding a flash connected to a slave, uh, and I would be lighting up the backs of the pictures. So the photographer would be walking around the party, finding groups of people, and I would have to be like right outside of the shot and hold up a flash in the background to provide fill light for the background of whoever he was shooting. So... Um, yeah, like I don't know if that makes any sense to you, but it's almost like um it's almost like let's say I think I was pretty clear on it. I'm going to say that you get it and I don't have to explain it. And if you don't if you don't understand what I said, just rewind the podcast and try to understand what my job description was. So anyway, I did that job for like 8 years and like pretty much by like like once I got to my twenties, like twenty one, twenty two, then he, then I was upgraded from film fuck to actually assistant photographer. But in the time, I didn't. We didn't just do weddings. Also, we also did um, uh, like studio. Like he would bring me in to help out on like product photography. I don't know if you are from New York, but there's a famous, um. There's a famous uh, deli on the upper something side. I think it's the upper east side called Zabar's. It's definitely the east side. Um, and it's a uh, it's like a Jewish deli, but it's gigantic. And it's like so it's like I think that uh, they went there in Seinfeld. It's very iconic. Anyway, like I helped shoot the um, the catalog one year. Anyway, I definitely was taught to be a photographer. Um and I always equated photography with uh, making money. Like I didn't, I, nece- I never necessarily thought of myself as a, um, as like doing it for the art. I was just like, yeah, I can do, I can get paid by doing this. And, um, and I did like, that's how I, that's like my, that was my, that was a big job for me all throughout those years. Uh, and then uh, after, after like, that I did not do photography. Oh, actually, no. I <laughs> Wow. When I look back at my life, I just realized that I have done a lot of professional photography. So then like a few years after that, I became the web website photographer for the company Bye Bye Baby before it it like was as I think it, I don't know. I it's a big chain here, but the corporate offices were in Long Island and I worked there for about two years when the web when the website was just getting started um and i did uh photography in their in their back room 
and um, it was a real super bare bones operation. And it was a little bit before, um, it was like 2004, 2005. So um, I'm really old, guys, is what I'm saying. Um, and then, I mean, and solely, you asked for this. So then I did not do photography for, for a number of years. I didn't do photography until um, 2011 when I got hired at um, Henry Schein, which is the corporate company that I worked for for a very long time. And that job, um, I had, I like basically used all of my wedding photography skills because what they wanted me to do was fly all around the globe and photograph these, um, these corporate events. Um, I would also stage manage the, like I would stage manage like, um, basically like Ted talks, like corporate Ted talk style things. I would set the entire lighting and AV shit up for it. But a big part of it was also doing photography. And I basically just did the job that I learned from uh, from being a film fuck. I just regurgitated all that. But now I was the guy, and I didn't even have a film fuck because everything was digital. My my old film fuck position had gone obsolete. And um, but and then but I was a uh, I was a real camera guy. So then I basically had worked doing that for a very long time. So solely, if I could uh, recommend anything to you, to you is find a way to be a film fuck for somebody who's a photographer and then just be a film fuck for a long time and you'll learn all the things you need to be a camera guy. Um, because it really, it really worked out for me. Um, anyways, I feel like we really helped solely out right now because he's a young photographer and he probably asked me about my career as a photographer because oh and also solely i i did i did i didn't i was never super rich but i was never super poor from it and um you know like i think one of the parts that i learned is that like uh especially with with all creative things with all um like when you're a creative person and you're interfacing with the, the people who want your creativity for their thing um when you're young you probably are you know are willing to be fucked a little more by people who are more powerful than you because you don't know any better and that is the way of things artists will get fucked one way or the other but when you're younger you probably get fucked a lot more because you're inexperienced and you don't know how to ask for what you want or deserve when you're older you have been around the block a few times and then you know you can sniff out when something when you're going to get fucked and you can like hold out for something better or know when to say no and i think that's like a very hard lesson for for creative people because like some people just get into situations where they're taken advantage of i mean just cuz you work in the arts doesn't mean that that's a good life and i think that like um because so much of it is devalued by our society. Like, not even to mention that, like, you know, music is free and uh, every fucking show should be free on demand. And, like, the idea of even paying for any of these, these like, great works is, like, um, too much. So what happens is, like, big conglomerate entities end up uh, subsidizing media 
And then you're like, oh, why does media all suck? Well, it has to be subsidized by a gigantic corporation that needs to get their return on investment because you don't want to fucking pay for it, right? It's It would be too much to, um, to expect the consumer to, uh, to invest. And maybe it is because maybe the... Maybe like the world is just had it's like too like we just have too much stress or something like that. And they've I don't know, who knows? I was just thinking that like it is easier than ever to for people to produce good stuff, and that in itself devalues the work. Because if you can take uh your phone and like uh you can just use like a preset on like TikTok and it like is e- it's simple enough to impress like a million idiots who like aren't expecting much anyway then yes that like devalues that devalues like the like filmmaking or something like that but you know what dude I don't really give a shit like everybody at the end of the day has to take care of themselves and unfortunately it's not um I don't believe that like there is some sort of egalitarian uh, silver lining where we're all going to get along in some type of utopia. So if you have something that you want to do, do it and expect uh, that the people close to you will have your back and the rest and the rest of the world will be completely indifferent to you until they might be able to figure out how to leverage what you do for their own devices. Um, anyway, a life in art. All right, next suggestion. Um, grab nut wheat sack. So grab nut wheat sack. Great name for a uh, for a screen name, right? But also grab nut wheat sack used to be a guy named Grab Sack Wheat Nut, which I think that he posted too much wild content, and then he had to change his name to Grab Nut Wheat Sack, and. Um, you know, I think that this is something I think that's like heroic, you know, because I think we should just try to um be obscene and be human. One of the things I really hate about our society is also how um like censorship always keeps uh recurring. Like when I was younger, um uh like let's say right after 9/11 happened, that's that was when like boy bands and shit came back into vogue and there was sort of a um there was like a little bit of like a tightening like a like a cultural tightening like one of the things about boy bands was that they're like squeaky clean and um it was sort of in contrast to like maybe like the more darker you know there was some like dark wave shit that was like in popular at the time like not that i was ever not i have always thought this guy sucked but in contrast to like in sync and backstreet boys of the time like marilyn manson was like a like a like a thing that parents were like ew that's bad you know um but you know uh so yeah there's always like but this censorship now um it's so much more like um it's a bot and it like does not uh it just is like, oh, you know, if if it's if and also people just like people just like to 
sensor. Like that's become cool. Um, it's become like some type of in vogue uh, behavior pattern, which is weird. But um, anyway, uh, grab nut, sack wheat, sack nut. He suggests octopi creating shit with our trash. Now, octopi. Now, octopuses. Um, octopuses are a. It's it's a it's a kind of. It's like a kind of squid, um, but it's like a squid that like went beyond. Squids, squids are not that smart, you know. They say that squids are just like really like tubes. They're just like slime tubes, and they shoot ink. They have one eye. They have a beak. They have, I think, I think that I don't know. They have, yeah, they have a beak, but I'm not sure if it's like a bird's. I think it's exactly like a parrot's beak, and it's under their dress, which is, if you've ever seen a squid, it's like, it's got a long tube, and it's got two fins on the top of its head, and then it's got a dress made of, like, tentacles, and underneath the dress is its beak, which is where its pussy should be, but it's actually a beak. And that would be interesting if a woman had a beak instead of a pussy. That would be really weird. That, I mean, honestly, I would like to see that. That would be cool. If anybody knows how to Photoshop that and wants to Photoshop a beak on, where a pussy should be, they do a really good job. I'd like to see that. That would be cool. And maybe, maybe we'll make a sticker out of it. But I don't know. That seems like a very cool thing. But octopuses, now octopuses, it's weird because they have pussy in their name, but it has nothing to do with pussy because octopuses also have a beak. Um, but I think the beak is different on an octopus. I think the beak looks more like a four, a four-cornered beak. But I might be wrong. I think maybe who knows? Maybe actually, I don't know. I think it might look like a normal beak, or it might be a two-pronged beak. But I hope it's just a normal beak. Anyways, octopuses do have beaks, and now octopuses are not stupid like squids. I just thought of something. The stuff I'm saying is incredibly stupid. Like, what the fuck am I saying? I'm saying... <laughs> I'm saying that squids are stupid, but octopuses... I don't know, man. This is dumb. I don't have time for that. I don't have time to get so sentimental about... or I have to figure out if octopuses create... So, couple things. Octopuses are really smart, but if they're so smart then why do they live in the ocean, which is filled with our trash? The ocean is like 100% trash. It's just a bunch of garbage now. Every beautiful animal that you ever thought existed is dead, actually. It's all choked. It's got like little particles of plastic in its eyes, nose, ears, and throat. It's all fucked up. Their gills got like 20 million plastic bags. Just like it, it looks... They're, they All the fishes, like sharks, just look like... um like a baby diaper dispenser, like their mouths are just filled with uh, diapers, with full shitty diapers of babies. Every fucking animal that you can think of. Like, if you think of a seal right now, well, put two uh, plastic, um, what do you call it, beer can, like those those plastic beer can um, holders, put it all around it so it looks like a fat girl who's wearing like um, one of those like... Uh, you know, those strippy, stripy things where, like, their skin comes out of it. I don't know. But anyway, that's what all the animals look like in the, in the sea. And the octopus is no different. 
I, I think that the octopus is probably creating shit with our trash, probably just creating like maybe a little house because octopuses are smart. Actually, they can solve problems like they can. If you put like something in a uh, in a what do you call like a mason jar, like the octopus can actually grab the mason jar and unscrew it. That's the kind of genius that we're th- talking about right now. So octopuses are probably taking all of our garbage and they're they're bringing it down to the bottom of the ocean and they're just arranging it and they're probably just arranging it and just putting different things inside of it like they'll put like a mason jar full of crabs for and then they'll be like squirrel it away for later. Maybe they'll take like a bunch of plastic bags and make like a tent. Maybe they'll take like a bunch of spoons and like make like a like a little musical instrument like um like a kalimba, like a like a homemade kalimba. Um, you know, and I would say the rest of the the rest of the junk that they find, they bring over to Ariel so she can sing a song about it, right? So I'm going to say that that was a little bit rough because I almost bailed on the bit in the middle of it. But but you know what? It has been a long day. And we're also 50 minutes into this episode. So I, I better like, you know what I should get on here? I got to get the music from Mario Brothers when um, when the when the song, when the shit's running out. Because that is a, that's a very important sound effect to have. I wish I had that. Do I have it? Um, this is really good. This is good podcasting right here. Where I'm, oh, all right. I gotta, I gotta, we gotta, we gotta go. All right, cool. So Ty Star has three, has three um, suggestions. He has time travel, the pros and cons. Okay. Problem with time travel is you go back in time and you are very depressed because your whole life passed you by and you didn't appreciate it. It's actually called The Our Town Paradox. And if you've never read Our Town, the book that you should have read in in high school, then you should read it and you go to the end part where Emily Webb, she's looking back at her life because she traveled back in time and she's at her ninth birthday and she's like, oh my God, like it's so fucking horrible how life goes by so fast and it's so rich and beautiful and all we can think about is our stupid, petty, bullshit desires and we're basically asleep our whole lives until we die. Uh, that's the problem. That's the cons. The pros of going back in time is that you know if you have um, an almanac, you can bet on all the games and then you can become rich off of, off of betting, off of doing off-track betting. So the problem is you have to become an off-track betting scumbag. You know, listen, I I call it like I see it. And what I see is that off-track betting people are kind of scummy. But then that's the only way to make money if you go back in time. Also, listen, like, remember, this is the best, best part of going back in time. I would say the best, best part of the going back in time is going back in time to see dinosaurs, going back in time to see prehistoric beasts, and going back in time to just be around like like gigantic wilderness shit like just doing nature shit like imagine going back and going walking around in like uh like like when when all of 
like when all of the the sequoia, the giant sequoia trees were just coming out. You know, and even like what about going back when like um when chestnut trees were still around? That would be fucking tight. Um this is the kind of stupid shit that I would do if I could uh go back in t- in in time travel. I would probably just go back and see dinosaurs. So Ty Star has another question. He goes, hybrid of a dog and a cat, Chihuahua cat. So that would be like if Ren and Stimpy fucked. Now, I think everybody who watched Ren and Stimpy was like, they were like me, where they're like, you think Ren and Stimpy are ever going to fuck? And then when um, when John Crick Falusi came back and did his horrible cash grab porn version of Ren and Stimpy, um, which you know it didn't even have it didn't even have one fuck scene in the whole thing between Ren and Stimpy. It never had them fuck, and it never had Stimpy get pregnant because, well, I think they would both get pregnant somehow. That would be cartoonishly hilarious. So Ren and Stimpy would fuck each other and both get pregnant, and then Ren would be like he he was like I hate being pregnant, I hate having all of this extra weight on me, and he'd be like he'd be like. When is this goddamn baby going to come out? Uh, and I, I heard Stimpy would go, um, Hey, Ren. Hey, Ren. I don't know if that's a good Stimpy impression, but, Hey, Ren, I think I'm having a baby. I think I'm almost having a baby now. And then he would t- let out a huge fart. and be like, <laughs> Oh, no. I didn't have a baby, but then the fart would start talking about like, that baby's coming out soon. So if John Crick Falusi, if you're listening, I still want to write this episode if we could do it. So um, Ty Star also asks um, sports mixing. For example, rollerblade, football, golf, bowling. And the crazy thing is, Ty Star, Ty Star, if you're listening, I actually wrote something maybe 20 years ago about sports mixing and I even recorded it. I recorded it. I wonder if I can find it. I'm going to see if I can find if I can find this thing then this will be a, a, a real treat on the podcast because I actually recorded a thing many, many, many years ago and I think it's online about sports mixing. I'm going to see if I I can find it. This is going to be crazy if I can find it. Um, this is old school um, John K. shit. Yes. Okay, let's see if I can find it. Whoa, bro. I, I actually found it. Okay, let's see if this plays. Okay. Yes, I have used it, and I know how to make up lesson plans about imaginary games, like multi-ball materials. One baseball, one football, one soccer ball, one tennis ball, one bowling ball, one volleyball, assorted gloves, mitts, hats, rackets, bats, pins, and all those other sports that you can play with those balls. Motivation. Imagine a game to unify all games. A game that all cultures could enjoy at once without the boundaries and social limits of possibility, chance, 
Afternoon springtime spent well. Good times, good friends, good brew, you know. Fucking awesome summertime shit that you will remember for the rest of your life. If that doesn't motivate you, then you wait till it starts and you wish you knew what was going on. Procedure. The players will decide among themselves with the use of coin flipping, once, twice, three shoot matches, mama said pick this one rounds, rock, paper, scissors matches, and maybe that gummy gumdrops one if anyone still does that one. Anyway, using those corny games, they will figure out who gets which ball, and thus accompanying sport gear. The field will be a big open space. The volleyball net will go across the imaginary gridiron, baseball diamond, bowling alley, tennis court, soccer field, and all team captains will pick a team to fulfill that game's mythology. And the entire game will begin. But instead of actually playing a game, everyone will be playing catch. But not everyone will catch the same thing all the time. You might throw a basketball, and then get a baseball thrown at you, and somebody might throw you a volleyball or something. So you gotta know whether to use your mitt or bump it or whatever. Expansion ideas. The game can be played on the moon! That was a song I made up like um, 20 years ago or something like that called Have You Used MS Word Paint? And it was about exactly what it was about. It was about, um, what do you call, a fake imaginary game that I made up. That was from my old band called Destructosaurus Rex. Um, And that was actually, believe it or not, believe it or not, uh, that was actually released on a a record, believe it or not. Um, on uh, Rock Lock Records from a Long Island indie rock band, a uh, record label. So that's even though it's pretty ridiculous. So Ty Star, there you go. I'm the expert of sports mixing. Um, and and my friend, um, my friend TJ, uh, aka Wooly, back in the day, um, he played sitar for that. So that wasn't just a some random uh, audio track that I got from. Uh, from some stock music site like I do now. That was legit a guy playing sitar. So so that's cool. So because when people play sitar, it's fucking cool as hell, dude. And how how do you even know how to play a, an instrument like that with all 70 billion strings, right? But anyway, um that was uh that's a little a thing about sports mixing. And you know, this episode's about vulnerability. I felt as I would listen to that back, I was I was remembering my youth. I I sounded a lot younger in that. Um, and I was like, is this good? But then I was like, listen, I'm this is for the people who check out this podcast. This is my these are my people. Let's let them walk down memory lane with me. And um even like if that if that was if that's if that um I guess what what would you call that? Would you call it a poem? I don't know. But in any case, I'm just giving it to you guys. I'm just sharing, you know? So Let's uh let's talk about Iberman. He's got the next suggestion. And he suggests what's the coldest I've ever been? Um now guys, as you know, I am a, a big uh Wim Hof ripper offer 
and I do the cold. I do a cold shower every morning because um, at this point, it's just it's. I can't not do it. It's weird. Like if I don't do it, like my whole body feels weird. So now I feel like I have um have scrambled my brain. But that's not the coldest I've ever felt. Even though it is weird to like do that in the morning, it's not the coldest I've ever felt. The coldest I've ever felt, and I'm going to go back to a previous topic that I talked about on this episode, is when I was first hired to go travel um, in uh, for photography, the first job I had to do for that job was go to Germany. I had to go to uh, Mainz, Germany to, to, to do this uh, event, and I had never like traveled for work like that before. And when I got to when I got to Mainz, Germany, it was like not it was like maybe a day after Christmas or something like that. It was like in December. And um or maybe it was like maybe toward I don't know. It it, it, it must have been earlier in it must have been early December because I don't think they would have sent me out in the week between Christmas and New Year's. But anyway, it was so cold, dude. It was so cold in Germany. It was like really, um, I'm going to say cold. <laughs> I'm going to say it was actually cold, Iberman. And uh, I was freezing. You know, my teeth was chattering. And um, I was wearing leather shoes, not unlike the leather shoes that I poured um, soy sauce on earlier tonight. But yet they were not, they did not have soy sauce on those on those shoes. Um, and, and yet my my toes were freezing inside my shoes and maybe because i was wearing like nice shoes and i didn't have thick socks on then then my sh- my toes were colder um and then my hands were cold because i didn't have gloves on also i was like i had to stand out in the cold waiting for like a bunch of people and that was cold so that's like the coldest i've ever been um but who knows maybe i would not feel as cold i'll tell you one thing about reminiscing about that old job i had I don't think I would ever do a thing like that again. I think that the reason I took that job, I know I know vividly why I took that job. So the I had been touring on the fringe festivals um and then I was like I don't think I'm going to go tour again because I was like running out of money. So uh I decided to get like a a normal job. I needed one. Um and I had a headhunter like find this one for me. And they found it and I was like, I'll take the job. And then I was just like at this point in my life where I would just do what I needed to do and just imagine that I'm going to have all the time in the world to do what I wanted to do. But um, you know what? You don't. You don't have all the time in the world to do what you want to do. You have a limited amount of time and life goes fast. It's weird. It's almost like what Ferris Bueller says. Life goes fast if you don't do something. I don't know how that lasts the rest of that part. Oh, yeah. He had said that, too. Um, so anyways, uh, that's what that's what I think about that. Um, Bri Polar, shout out Bri Polar, friend of the show. Uh, Bri Polar says, he goes, rich people are cloning their pets. Does this open the door to cloning ourselves? Um, I think it could open the door to cloning ourselves, cloning our pets, cloning ourselves. Uh, that would be cool. What do you guys think? I think it would be great 
to clone ourselves and then but the thing is is that if you clone yourself then you have you do not have the consciousness of it's not like you can switch windows like did you ever have an apple computer and sometimes you can have the thing where you swipe over and you have a different desktop have you ever experienced the dual the multiple desktop reality well that's a thing on only apple computer people can know about but on a macintosh apple computer you can have multiple desktops so imagine that in one reality you have photoshop open but in another reality you don't have photoshop open it's just blank or you could have in one reality you could have microsoft word open but then in another desktop you can have photoshop open but then in another desktop you could have um you could have porn window open and then it could be scrubbed to a very good part of the porn like the part that you and only you find salacious but you could scroll you could swipe back to the reality where you're doing photoshop and you might be right in the middle of a like a, a masking you might have like a a lasso tool around something that has nothing to do with salacious sex right so that's what's known as multiple desktop uh multiverse right but in actual life if you go if you cloned yourself you would not be able to swipe into the brain of your cloned self in fact your cloned self would be more like maybe like your enemy because your cloned self would be now just being born like you'd have to inseminate your clones your clone well how does a cloning work is it like 3d printing is like do you what are you i'm assuming that you jack onto a petri dish and then you put it into like um like a 3d printing machine and then it starts to build you up from like like layer by layer until there's a person who looks exactly like you but he's also covered in slime and then he busts out of his slime container and then you have to fight him actually where did i think of this before this was a, i think this is in a movie but no 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 so but then but you you won't be able to actually go into that that version of yours mind the clone and also the clone might be have more opportunities than you because you know how like some people have said that you only have but one life to live so you better make the most of it but what if you didn't have but one life to live what if you had multiple lives and you could just like um you know you could be like uh-oh, got to do something else. And then it's like you just like run out of you like crash through the window of your job and just run out into the street and then get hit by a car and then you have a still one more life. You have you you go into the clone. You swipe into the clone's brain. So what if the clone is behaves like that? The clone is not tethered to all of your like all the things that like you care about because you were the one who like made your life up but he is just a clone also do you know that clones are very stupid have you do you know this so whenever you clone something it's exactly like photocopying so you know how like you are like clear like when you look at yourself in the mirror you're in high def well a clone is not like that a clone is like it looks like a jpeg it looks like an artifact it's like all those like when you blow a jpeg up and it's all like squares that's how clones look. And also clones like 
they're, I mean, I don't mean to say it, but I'll just be like, they're kind of special needs. Um, I'm going to say not so much the autistic spectrum, but maybe the other kind that like is more associated when when people disparage special needs people. That is unfortunately how clones often are. So until clone technology can uh, can be upgraded, we're going to have to deal with like subpar cloning and a, a severe lack of a you know a desktop multiverse. So I'm just going to say that for now, cloning ourselves is off the table. Okay, next suggestion. Um, Top five natural disasters by Iberman. Now I went, I skipped over, and don't. And by the way, guys, don't worry. There are only, um, there are only like ten more questions. Uh, oh wait, maybe not. There's actually not that many more questions. There's like, um, there's some. There's a bunch more questions, I think. But we're going to we're going to go through them because why not? Okay, so Iberman says top five natural disasters. Now. What natural does that, that? Whenever someone asks me a top five, I always think, "What disasters do I even remember?" Because um, remembering shit is not my specialty nowadays, especially that I'm working so much. It's almost, it's almost episodes going late. We're like, all right, but anyway, um, top five natural disasters. I'm gonna say that. Um, let's say. Pompeii, I heard, was pretty bad. Pompeii was like, uh, they that was where um, Pink Floyd played. They played uh, in Pompeii, and what was the reason they played in Pompeii? Because there was nobody there to like get mad that they were so damn loud. Because everybody who had been at the, I think the volcano, they got turned to ash. What happened was hot ass volcano juice came through. Do you know that volcanoes spew very hot juice? And if it touches you, you like literally turn into ashes. Um, and it will, for some reason, you'd think that the, whenever I've seen lava, it seems like a big, heavy, hot rock. But I don't understand. In the, when Pompeii happened, the, the, the people were frozen in space. I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe, a volcano juice goes the same speed as snails because the people like didn't seem to like be um they like didn't move i don't even understand what happened they seemed to like just be like hanging out doing whatever so i'm going to say that pompeii is a good natural disaster and then the other natural disaster i really thought was pretty good um was uh the tornado from Wizard of Oz, because my favorite part of that one is that it was in the Dust Bowl, which ruled, which is not a natural disaster, but are humans natural? Because if humans are, then we can count some of our disasters as natural disasters, and I'd like that. I would say that the that the Dust Bowl slash the tornado that that made Wizard of Oz that made um. Uh, what's her name? Go to Wizard of Oz is my second favorite natural disaster. Also, it's kind of a national disaster because it happened in America. Um, but yeah, that tornado that picked up that house and landed it on top of the the 
Big Bad Wolf, I think. I'm not sure how that story goes. But anyway, that's that was a good one. Um and let's see, number five is number five is nine eleven. All right, cool. So that was a good one. All right. Iron Man got a lot of questions for me. He goes, You're going to make a PowerPoint to present to your friends. What would the subject be? Um, I think that if I was going to make a PowerPoint to present to my friends, um, what would I do? You know, the crazy thing is, and this is like, this is a little bit this, but the truth be, truth be told, I don't really have a big social group, guys. <laughs> I know it seems crazy, but I actually, last two years especially, living basically in isolation, um, I have my friend Mares, who I talk to on the phone all the time. I have my girlfriend, who I talk to on the phone all the time. And I have, like, no friends that I actually see. I'm a very hermetic weirdo. Uh, I have friends, but I just, I don't even see them. Um, it's just a pattern of life that I've started, and I now here I am. So, but if I was to make a PowerPoint, if I was to make a PowerPoint, I'm trying to fade this fucking song out, what the hell? If I was to make a PowerPoint, what would I make it of? My PowerPoint. Um, I would make a PowerPoint. What would I make a PowerPoint of? That's a great question, dude. You know what, Iberman? I think I am stumped. I think I'm stumped. My my first my initial thought is, what if I made a PowerPoint of just um of just various various boobs that I have seen in my life? <laughs> like just a PowerPoint of just every slide is a different uh a different boob, different boobs. That would be an interesting slideshow. And then imagine showing it to my friends and them being like, this is, what are you doing? And then I would look like a weirdo, like a weird pervert in front of my friends. But that might be funny. You know, sometimes you want to, you want to put, you want to set yourself up for failure. Sometimes feeling failure and being the, um, the person that, that is, um, almost like the transgressor of of stupidity is actually the funniest thing you can do. So uh, let's go to the next suggestion. Um, if a killer King Mexico asks a great question: If a killer whale fucked a great white shark, what would come out? A great question. I'm so upset that I didn't read this question first. Uh, a killer whale fucked a great white shark and you would have first of all what would happen is the tail would be at a 45 degree angle because everybody knows that sharks have tails that go 90 degrees and whales have tails that go flat but um if you had a killer whale and a white a great white shark the tail would look like like an x-wing fighter kind of it'd be like out in the it would be out in like four directions which I don't know how that's going to work in the ocean, but I'd like to see it. Then you're going to have a killer whale. You're going to have more like a clone whale because sharks are very stupid. They're about a little bit dumber than a dumb dog, whereas a killer whale is very smart. In fact, there are killer whales right now that are listening to this show and are very offended because killer whales are tapped into, they're tapped into the media landscape. Um, 
But a, a great white shark is going to lower the IQ of a, a, a killer whale significantly and maybe turn it into just a, a, a blood zombie, which might be also cool. And then, um, and so then also then I think that you're going to have, uh, you're going to have an animal that like also breathes out of a hole in its head and also has gills. So, you know, this is, uh, this episode is, I think this is, uh, is, I think I should wrap it up because I feel myself fading, but we are going to, uh, we're going to do a couple of suggestions. We're going to do two more suggestions. Maddie Carlson, shout out Maddie Carlson. Thank you. If you, if you listen to the show, thank you. And if you've listened this far, um, I appreciate you. So baby, she says, baby chicks, I'm going to be adopting some baby chicks soon and would love to hear your perspective. Now, I believe, I think Maddie Carson lives on farm life. I think she has farm life or she definitely lives in a place like I could not adopt chicks in my lifestyle. I mean, like, where the hell am I going to put chicks in my messy apartment? What are they going to eat? Like the soy sauce that dropped on my shoes? I don't understand what I would do. But if you can adopt chicks, then that seems like a pleasant thing to do. If, I mean, the thing is that chicks don't last. They, they actually grow up to be chickens. And then you are living farm life. That's pretty cool. But you got to think like chickens. Um, that would be cool if you that would that be would that mean that you would have an unlimited supply of eggs? Because that would be a that's like a great idea. Imagine you could get an unlimited supply of eggs for eggs in the morning. Does anybody here like eggs in the morning? Let me know. I'm going to be asking a lot of questions on the show, and I expect you to answer all of them. So if you guys like eggs in the morning, then I I want to talk about that. I also like eggs in the morning. Is having chickens like your one surefire way of getting eggs all the time for free? All you got to do is raise some chicks? Maddie Carlson, this is a very good idea. And I'm really, now I'm thinking, is there a way that I could live farm life? Because if farm life is the key to having eggs for free, all you got to do is take care of chicks. What do you got to do for that? Like throw some oatmeal on the floor? Something like that. I don't know, but I'm very intrigued by this. Um, My perspective on having chicks is it's cute and... Did you ever see that movie Minari when the guy from Walking Dead had to look at the had to look at the bottom of chicks to find out if they were boys or girls and if they were boys then I think he took them out back and stomped them into from a bag. Um that was not I hope you don't do that. Don't do that. That's mean. But you know also that's the way of nature. Um so that's really what I think about that. And I hope that and I want to know if if you end up do adopting chicks and if you get eggs for free, because I think that is a fucking win-win situation. And um, let's think about the next suggestion. Maybe I'll do. Maybe I'll do two more. Yeah, uh, Fiortons, friend of the show, Fiortons, also Patreon member, Fiortons, asks if I am into astronomy. Now, astronomy. Okay, astronomy is space, right? Now, this may surprise you, but I think space sucks. Space is the stupidest thing that they have ever come up with. And I know it's not anybody's fault. It's just the fact of life. 
that space is like all around us outside of this planet. But I don't understand what everybody's big thing with space is. Space is stupid. It's completely empty. You can't go anywhere. You can go to the moon. Big whoop. It sucks on the moon. I heard that if you take your, you can't even be, you have to like wear all that extra shit if you even go to the moon. Oh, that's a lot of fun. Like fucking walking around in a sumo outfit. You can't even enjoy zero gravity. It looks like it's more fun being inside the spaceship than outside the spaceship because with no trees to make no atmosphere, I heard the sur- the sun like burns at a billion degrees Fahrenheit or something like that. It could like burn up and there's like literally nothing on the fucking moon. That's bullshit. And then, well, you don't like the moon? Well, guess what? There's literally nothing around for miles. For so many miles that it would take something called light years to get anywhere, like you'll be long dead before you can go anywhere in space. That's how fucking far shit is. Like, I would never want to even fly a plane to Australia. No offense to my uh, listeners in Australia, but like, I don't want to be on a fucking plane. When I had that job uh, at Henry Shine, I didn't want to fucking, I told them I don't want to go to Australia. I'm like, fire me now. I'm not going to Australia. Um, they didn't, by the way. That's all. You you can sometimes, if you ever have a job where they make you do shit, pull that card. See if you get fired. You probably won't. But, like, and you think that's bad? I don't want to spend 24 hours in a plane. I don't want to spend, like, 70 years in a plane. Also, another stupid thing about space. I don't know how this works. But if you go up into space, somehow you stop aging and then you... Come back to Earth, and then you're like a fucking old... Everybody's an old man. I think it's happened a lot of times that people go into space, and it's like they're aged backwards or something like that. I don't... They are, They don't age, but then the rest of the world ages? That's fucking terrible. Like, think of missing out on all the shit that goes on in the world, and then you just were up in space doing nothing. What the fuck were you doing up there? I mean, I guess it would be cool to beat off and then bust in uh, in zero gravity and see the cum droplet like floating around. That would be interesting. I think that would be an interesting thing about space. But still, again, I equate that with being on a spaceship and not being in space. My biggest pet peeve with space, and this is my number one pet peeve with space, is that you cannot even breathe the beautiful aromas of space. You can't even take your mask off up in space and breathe in all of the aromas. Like, you never even got to smell what a nebula smells like. You never got to smell, like, all the different, like, I don't know, all the different gases and shit they have up there. Not that, like, smelling gases is good, but just, like, the aromas of space. And you can't do any of that shit because, apparently, there's, like, no air in space. I don't like space. I don't understand space. I think it's bullshit. And honestly, I think we're going to have to leave it there. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to this podcast and also uh, giving suggestions. I will get to the ones I missed next episode. Thank you so much.